Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Wacky Wednesday on the Arrowhead Attic channel. As always, I'm Adam Best, joined by the golden voice of Sterling Holmes and producer Richard doing his thing behind the scenes. Sterling. Men in shorts, practicing. Are you excited? I'm stoked. Best, best shape of your life season, baby. It's awesome. Come on, this is the type type of year, the time of year when you see Justin Ross in shorts and a t-shirt running up a hill, and you say that dude's going for 1,210. It's that type of season, baby. Let's you go. That, you know the distracted girlfriend meme. Where you have the guy, yeah, yeah, exactly. The guy walking uh, with his girlfriend looking back at another girl. That's a guy walking with Kadarius Tony looking back at Justin Ross. That's what we have right now with the kingdom. It's pretty apt. Pretty apt. But no, I'm excited. Mahomes is there. Um, it, it makes me happy that you see a leader like Patrick Mahomes, who's there at OTAs, wasn't asked to be there, but he's there. Uh, we, we, we've heard his comments right we've heard about his comments basically saying he doesn't care about being the highest paid um cuban the nfl he's talking about legacy this that and the other but then you see lamar jackson on the other hand there was that whole off-season drama between him and the ravens the will they won't they they finally got something done highest aav in the nfl and he wasn't there for the first couple days of otas he's there today but again some of that may have come from hey dude you better be there the backlash isn't great. Mahomes doesn't have to be asked. He just does. That, my friends, is fantastic. You have that. That's what you're rooting for here in Kansas City. And he's not like Aaron Rodgers either, where he has to have his friends with him and he doesn't want to work out during the summer with rookie receivers. He can't be bothered with that. Mahomes flies everyone down to Texas. I mean, even guys like Corey Coleman that really didn't have much of a chance to make the team, he's inviting everyone down there uh, kind of just – infusing that hangout with with camaraderie and i think that's uh he, you know all you can ask for he goes above and beyond at all times before we get into more chiefs talk and a new segment if you guys want to do us a huge huge solid go to DraftKings. if you like to bet use code arrowhead and if you bet five dollars on any sport you get 150 bucks back in bonus bets instantly, win or lose. That is code Arrowhead at DraftKings. New customers only, 21 plus and physically present in Kansas. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Valid one offer per customer. Minimum $5 deposit and $5 wage required. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets and expire seven days after being awarded. See full terms at DraftKings.com. And if you're listening to this on the uh, Arrowhead Attic podcast feed, be sure to uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel for more original content. We are constantly creating short videos over here to keep you entertained and, and uh, informed during the offseason. So there's just some stuff that you can't get from Arrowhead Addict any other place. Be sure to do that. With that said, let's move on to the new segment. We're calling this Chiefs Crystal Ball. Got to get the alliteration in there. And like I said, there's not much to break down when players are practicing while wearing shorts. So, Sterling, let's play fortune tellers with the team's future. We're going to go through this uh, 10 questions. And last week, we were a little long-winded at times. You know, this is a very exper experimental show here on Wednesday. So, uh, mother is, uh, how does it go? Necessity is the mother of invention, right? So, today, we have a five-minute timer for each question. We're going to rapid fire, fly through all these give our best takes and, and, and move the F on. Uh, 
With that said, are you ready to, uh, to uh, dig in? Yes, and I love the name, Countdown Otron 8008, or is that boob? You know, like when you type on a calculator as a kid and you thought that was hilarious? Yeah, it was 8008. Hmm. Big fan, though, of the Countdown Otron. That wasn't that long ago for you. For me, it was uh, eons ago, so. <laughs> Let's get into it. All right, question one. Do either one of the Rosses, wide receivers John and Justin, ever become a contributor? I will say, oh, ooh, let me look. It's not really a ball, but it's a little crystal thing. There you go. Uh, more, Is that like more, an amethyst or something? Yeah, something like that. I don't know much about it. I'm not one of those um, science people. But I'll, I'll, I'll say uh, no. I'll, I'll say no. I think Justin Ross has the higher chance. I think John Ross, frankly, I'm, I'm not sold on John Ross at all. Uh, I, I don't see him making the team. But Justin, Justin Ross, I think, has a chance but it's a slim chance. I think the guy he has to really jump is Amir Smith-Marset, who no one's really talking about, and I think he also has to jump Justin Watson. The reason why I say it's Justin Watson is Justin Watson feels like he's very um, a carbon copy to an extent of MVS. They're very similar style players. I think MVS is more talented, but they're very similar style players. Uh, the issue is Richie James plays special teams. I don't think Justin Ross is going to be playing special teams. So I think Richie James' spot is more sealed. The issue is Justin Wa- Ross also plays special teams. Your fifth, sixth wide receiver, you're not getting a lot of snaps either way. So it's almost a necessity. Justin Ross is really going to have to shine. I'm rooting for him, but it's really a outside looking in situation for him in my eyes. Yeah, they had him back returning some punts today. And I was just thinking, what are you doing? This guy has a serious spinal condition. He's, you know, barely getting over this very complicated stress fracture in his foot situation. Whew. I know this is kind of Bobby Scipio season where, where Chiefs fans latch on to an underdog receiver and put all their hopes and dreams in them. And I can see why they do it with Justin Ross. I mean, it is, it's tempting, right? If you go back to his freshman year at uh, Clemson, he looked like a top 10 pick. Now, he hasn't looked like that since, and it's been a long time since he looked good. I mean, we're talking about a presidential term, right? And even if he was the same guy, I'm not sure that outside clasher style really translates to the NFL as well as it used to that, that kind of like, he's kind of like a slower Mike Williams. So hopefully he can get his full athleticism back and crack this roster. I'm going to be about as optimistic as I can be and say that he's going to stick around the practice squad. Hmm. Someone's going to get hurt. He's eventually going to get a chance. And I think the upside for him is to carve out a wide receiver four or five role like a Byron Pringle or Demarcus Robinson. And he's going to be a guy through grit. We've seen that he has grit and determination. I mean, a lot of guys would have hung it up or, or, you know, heard the doctor saying it's risky to play in your state. They would be doing something else, but not Justin. So, and, and I think given what he's been through, if he can stick in the, in the league for four or five years and, and, and make some money and come back from that, that's, that's a win for him. I think what does help him is the fact that his style is a little different than anything currently on the Chiefs roster. He's not like Richie James. He's not like Kadarius Toney. He's not like MVS, not like Sky Moore, uh, not really, but maybe a little closer to Rasheed Rice. Um, Jody Fortson, maybe a a little. Yeah. And so, you know, the the team could use a different style wide receiver, right? Because they don't have that superstar. They don't have the do it all type of guy, the Mario, if you will. They don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. They don't have a guy who can do everything. So, what you do is you find a guy who can do something, they excel at something, and you find ways to exploit it on the roster, on the team um, against certain matchups, obviously. So, that is going his way. But I, I like your thought of the practice squad. That makes the most sense. He'll probably start there. He'll probably be in the practice squad to start the season. Um, very intrigued by him. But, man, it, again, you're talking his freshman year. You're talking four or five years ago now. That's a long time. You, you're starting to get into, uh, oh, Joshua Kando. Remember him at Florida State? Didn't he look good for a couple games? Like, like you can do that with a lot of players. It's the consistency that really makes these NFL guys who they are. Man. 
Yeah, a lot of rust. And especially when they brought in, not a lot of people were talking about Richie James, but he flashed. I don't think he's going to jump Richie James, who had a really good year, a mini breakout in New York. Maybe he carves out a red zone role, like they were kind of doing with Jody Fortson. I can see that. He's a ball winner. He's a big guy, uh, has, has good ball skills. So let's keep rooting for him. We're not here to, to rain on anybody's parade. Uh, but we didn't even talk about John Ross in the five minutes. So that, that tells you all you need to know about John Ross. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com try. Go to shopify.com try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's move on to question number two. Big Red says the roster won't carry a fullback this year. In the relatively near future, will that position be extinct? I'm going to say no. I know my gut instinct was to say yes, but I don't think it's going to be extinct, maybe for certain teams, but I think there will be a decent amount of teams, five to six, that will carry one for certain situations. Guys, like, who is the 49ers fullback? Juszczyk. Um, yeah, Kyle Juszczyk. Like, that's a guy who's talented enough. He is going to stick around. Uh, the Ravens will keep um, a fullback based on how their offense is ran. Uh, maybe you'll, you'll see a tight end full fullback hybrid. That might be more of the way of the future, but I do think a lot of, not a lot of teams. I think a handful of teams will keep a fullback around. It's all based on the type of offense you currently run. I mean, the Eagles could use a fullback too when they use their little scrums, right? They kind of put someone back there anyways. Certain teams will keep a fullback around. Yeah. That Shanahan tree is really, breathing life into this position. Uh, God, I think Andy Reid is once again forward thinking. He drafted someone like Noah Gray, knowing that at Duke, he did a little bit of everything. He was kind of an H-back. He just wasn't a tight end. He, he played some fullback. They split him out. They move him all around. And I think if you look at Michael Burton, I mean, he just did not get enough snaps to rationalize a valuable roster spot. You only have 53. Now, I guess they're saying you can now uh, have a third quarterback without burning a spot, which is good. But I still think it, that roster spot is too valuable to, to give to a fullback. And the well, game in this offense, yeah. But again, like Phantom says, you know, a run heavy offense like the Eagles or the 49ers, the Ravens. I mean, that, that makes sense for them to have a fullback. Now the Ravens have a new offensive coordinator, so they're not going to be uh, throwing wheel routes to converted defensive linemen now playing playing fullback like they did last season. I can't remember that dude's name, but Ricard uh, or R- oh, Ricard. Oh yeah, yeah, Patrick Ricard, exactly. Uh, 
the thing that hap- that tends to happen in the NFL is when everybody is zigging, somebody comes in and zags, right? We've seen Bilicek do it. We've seen other coaches do it. So I think eventually as the league becomes more spread out, more finesse, some coach is going to go back to, to ground and pound, you know, maybe more than we've, we've seen right now with the Titans and, and the Ravens and the Niners, some of those run heavy teams that uh, have had some success. The Eagles, I don't know how you classify that team. They're, they're almost a perfect mix. Yeah. So, um, but I think Andy Reid is done. That's what is important to, to Chiefs fans and Chiefs kingdom is that this is, kind of a watershed moment for Andy Reid's coaching. I mean, he's evolving. Yeah, I, I do think Andy Reid is done with a fullback, at least with a traditional fullback. I think someone like Blake Bell, someone like Noah Gray, they'll, they'll line up as a fullback. Hell, Jarek McKinnon, he's such a good blocker. I know he's a small dude. Like, Jarek McKinnon is a small cat, but he is such a good blocker, at least what we've seen in pass protection. It might not translate the exact same to run blocking for a running back, but again, that might be a way the Chiefs go. Again, it saves you a roster spot. We talked about it last year. I was sitting here saying, why do the Chiefs have a traditional fullback on this team? You could use your fourth For third and one, baby. That you didn't actually pick up. Wasn't great. No. Nope. Uh, so, again, the game evolves. You, you mentioned it. Andy Reid is, Andy Reid is evolving because his offense is run differently. Yeah, and there's all kinds of other things you can do. I like that you mentioned Jarek McKinnon, and it's not – how does the old quote go? It's not the uh, the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. I mean, he okay, is – Rudy. Hey, you watch Jarek. Got, got any Hoosiers clips for us? Jarek McKinnon. This goal 10 feet tall. Hey, I'm not even a running backs guy. Everyone knows that. But Jarek McKinnon uh, tugs in your heartstrings. What he's been through – to come on like he did at age 30. I mean, it's inspirational, but I, I do agree with you that uh, um, it's done. Yeah. Well, we the countdown on. Tron, yeah, countdown on Tron, you can save those 20 seconds. You have them. Let's move on to number three. Can we bank those like free agency or, I mean, salary cap? Mm. I don't think I so. don't know if it rolls over. Like, remember like the old minutes on your AT&T or whatever those those old phones when you had the, the rollover minutes? Right, right. Uh, can we have rollover minutes? I don't know. We could use on this one. This is uh, a very tough question. Andy Reid is 65. Now, we stand a big boy king, but he's admitted that the cheeseburger diet kicks his ass. So, how long will he coach for and who will replace him? I don't think we talk about this enough. I have thoughts. I want to hear yours first. When does the NFL go under? Cause that's when Andy Reid's done, baby. He's around forever. He, he will, he will never leave. Um, I actually don't know how many more years he will have. I'd probably say five. I mean, frankly, he loves football. Like he lives and breathes football. As long as he is healthy enough, he will be here. Like he's a great family man as well, obviously, but like it'll be a holiday and dudes just in the office trying to come up with a game plan. It's what he does. So I assume he'll be around a long, long time, at least as long as he possibly can. I would say five plus years, five to seven. Um, So that means who will replace him. I don't know. You know, the thought was um, Eric Bienemy. Well, Bienemy has gone. You know, Matt Nagy right now is uh, the quote unquote next in line because he's the OC, right? He had a head coaching opportunity with Chicago. Hell, he was coach of the year, right? I mean, it's not like Matt Nagy's a bum like people want to make him out to be when he was in Chicago. They had Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback. No bleep, it didn't work well. It's not Mahomes. Um, but I digress. I don't know because I think we are so, still so far out from him retiring that we'll have a completely new batch of OC QB coach from here on out. Yeah, I think it's a health thing. Uh, I mean, I'm into my 40s now, and I'm carrying weight I didn't used to, and I'm not as spry as I used to be. Not all of us age like Pete Carroll. You know, I'm convinced Pete Carroll will coach till he's 90, and he's a little bit of a different situation. And also, keep in mind, if they repeat, if they three-peat, or even if he wins two more championships in the next five years, what more does he have to prove? Now, he can try to catch Don Shula for most wins of all time, but that – as, as Verderam and Patrick went through 
uh, last Thursday, that's going to be kind of hard to do. So let's talk about outside of the kingdom. Because, well, really, really, really quickly, you said he doesn't have much to prove. I don't think Andy Reid right now is in the business of proving anything to anyone. Again, I think it's because he likes football so much. You know, when people retire, they have no idea what to do. So they just sit yeah. on their couch. I think that's what he would do. He, he, he doesn't want to do that. He loves football. It's his hobby. It's his job, but right. also his hobby. So, again, I think as long as he is healthy enough, he's going to coach. Yeah, he's a, he's a sicko. I mean, I, I'm a, I come from a family of football sickos myself, so I understand it. But let's just theoretically say four or five years, he does everything a coach can do, and he bows out. And Clark Hunt isn't really comfortable with Matt Nagy for whatever reason. Eric Bieniemy is uh, is gone, and uh, Kafka is also gone. So he starts looking outside the kingdom. And theoretically, we have Patrick Mahomes. We can have any coach we want. So let's say Sean McVay gets burned out in Los Angeles, and he joins one of these networks, and they're trying to make him into the next Madden. Or Kyle Shanahan doesn't win a Super Bowl because he never has the quarterback. And he gets into an Andy Reid situation where, you know, nine, 10, you know, nine, 10 years in, he hasn't won a Super Bowl and they part ways. They like mutually part ways. One of those guys, would one of those guys be a fit for the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes? And, you know, the last time Clark Hunt made a hire like this, he went out and got Andy Reid. He would not let him leave the tarmac because Arizona was hot on his trail. So I do not think that the Hunt family is just going to turn over the keys to the Mahomes Ferrari to just anybody. Yeah. Um, Jeff Saturday. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> By the way, if you hear uh, that noise, it was not my stomach rumbling. That is thunder outside my house. Uh, I just throwing that out there for everyone. Uh, but again, it's an think, ominous discussion. That's why the thunder is coming in. Yeah, that's why. Again, I think Andy has five to seven years still left in him. I, I think the guy I'd be most intrigued about is Doug Peterson. Quite frankly, if Doug Peterson, even if the Jags are doing well. More than Shanahan? It'd be crazy to have a Shanahan coaching the Chiefs, for one. Sure, but but I do think Doug Peterson, known as a, you know, an offensive-minded coach, a QB whisperer, if you will. Um, similar system. Similar system. Um, you know, he's won a Super Bowl. If you're trying to go for a, you know, a big swing post-Andy, but he's also not a young cat either. You know, he, he's not a young dude in his own right. So, man, it's tough projecting five to seven years out. Honestly, I like your your take better than mine. I, I feel like I'm being too conservative over here. Yeah, Shanahan is kind of is kind of enticing to me because he's kept Brock Purdy, Jimmy Garoppolo, those guys in the top five in EPA. You just kind of think, what in the world could he do with Patrick Mahomes? Let's move on to question number four. Flash forward two years. Kadarius Tony has played four years in the NFL, Sky Moore three, and Rasheed Rice two. What does the wide receiver pecking order look like heading into 2025? Ooh, that's a yeah. good one. It's tough. Man. I'll say Kadarius Tony one, Rasheed Rice two, Sky Moore three. And that's not necessarily ha- like snap count. I think they're all going to be right in there. But I think Kadarius Tony is going to be a legit outside threat. If he stays healthy, I think he's a legit outside threat. Rasheed Rice, same mold, I think is more of an outside wide receiver. Sky Moore, I think you put in the slot and you use him. Again, I keep comparing him to like Deontay Johnson. Like I keep comparing him to a guy who's going to be a, a lot of catches. Good not, a lot of deep, not, not a lot of deep throws, but a lot of those, like, you know, six to eight, six to 10 yard routes. Um, Jarvis Landry, like a little pop. Jarvis Landry. Yeah. yeah like, like, like a Jarvis Landry. And again, it, it depends how you're going to break it down. I think Kadarius Tony will be, if he's healthy, the number one. And then Rasheed Rice, Sky Moore, whatever you want to break it down as. I think the snap, the snap share will be very, very similar. I have a different view on Rasheed Rice. So, he was number one in yards per out run against the zone last year in all of college football. And you look at him as a prospect. Now he's got more burst than Juju did. And Juju was a little bit more polished, but just the numbers, 
it, it's kind of um, striking how similar they are. So I think they're going to use him as a power slot, which is kind of in vogue in the NFL right now. You're seeing that with, with the Cooper Cups of the world. Uh, I think Kadarius Toney is a guy that can win anywhere, and they're going to move him around and try to manufacture touches for him. But I, I think uh, people are um, kind of limiting him. He can, he can separate. He can win downfield. Sky Moore, um, gosh, I feel like I'm going Tony one, Rice two, and Sky Moore three, but I feel like I'm selling Sky Moore short. But we've also seen the most from Tony in the pros. Rasheed Rice had a really productive season last year, uh, playing against a little better uh, talent than Sky Moore played against in college. And we just ha- we've seen some flashes, but we just haven't seen enough flashes for me to project Sky higher than those two. I'll go out and say I think Sky Moore would have the most receptions of the three. I, you know what? I'll say it this year. I, I think this year in 2023, Sky Moore has the most receptions out of him, Tony, and Rasheed Rice. Is that because of Tony's health or he just part, – part, part, Partly to, Tony's health. Okay. Partly Tony's health. But I, I think he's going to get a lot – again, not most yards. Right. Not most 20-yard plays most receptions I, I think he's going to thrive in that six to ten yard range the I, again how you are with Rasheed Rice filling in for Juju I, I'm kind of doing the same thing as the zone killer with Sky Moore Sky Moore also is an incredible route runner that was his calling card coming out of college I understand it standards against lesser competition but route running I think can translate right if you can run some routes you can run some routes McCall Harmon couldn't do it at Georgia couldn't do it in the NFL it doesn't matter if you're big time or small school if you can do it you can do it I think Scott Moore can do it. Um, Rasheed Rice, I guess you and I have this slightly different viewpoints on this. You, you I think, think the whole guy, the whole draft industrial con, uh, um, complex had a hard time putting their finger on Rasheed Rice. He's he's a really confounding player. Anyway, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, because I, I had him more on the outside because he's such a good jump ball winner, and that's why I kind of had him more on the outside. Was he he loved playing jump ball at SMU. Uh, I think he's going to like doing it in the NFL. I don't think MVS is going to be here past this season. So then you have your other outside guy, your, your jump ball winner. Yeah, I think Sky separates against man a little better than Rashid does. So that's why I think Sky, despite the, spot, the size difference, is going to be better outside. And Rashid is going to be better inside. Because I just have more faith in Sky uh, as, as a separator. He's got a really great package of release moves. Uh, so I have a lot of confidence in him there. The really great thing about this conversation is we're sitting here almost five minutes in and we really don't have a resolution. Like we are having a hell of a time picking which one of these guys is going to be the best long-term. Uh, and, and I think that says that they're going to be a really effective trio for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Dude is six one with a 41 inch vertical. Uh, that's ideal. Uh, I will say, I apologize for my dog barking. Uh, second day in a row happened yesterday as well. I don't know why UPS loves to come when I'm doing a podcast. I'm very much considering getting a sign above the door that it's like on air, like a radio sign that says on air, off air. I might get one of those. And there we go. Question number five, who is the starting left tackle during the 2024 season? Jawan Taylor, Donovan Smith, Wanya Morris, Lucas Niang, or someone else? I am going to go with Donovan Smith. Um, don't know if it's a hot take. Don't know if it's the mild take. Uh, talking to Tim Grunard, his sources with the Jags basically said, Jawan Taylor is not a left tackle. That's just not his game. It, this it, is it, 2024, not 2023. Don't care. Okay. Oh, oh, oh you said in 2024. 2024, yeah. Okay. Uh, no, because Donovan Smith will not be here in 2024 if I'm, if I'm a betting man. I will say I think Wanya Morris then has a better chance of – I'm going to say someone else is the best option, best percentage-wise, but I don't want to count out Wanya Morris just quite yet. I think Wanya Morris has a better chance of playing left tackle than Jawan Taylor. Now, you might be asking yourself, Sterling, why is that? Here's why. As a freshman, he was all freshman SEC at Tennessee – He was a five-star recruit coming out of college. He had the production to back it up his freshman year. And then what happened? Well, he was a left tackle freshman year. Then he went to Oklahoma. Well, 
Coach goes to USC. Lincoln Riley's gone. Now it's a new system. Anton Harrison's there. He's at the right side. A new, new coach, new system. Had to learn it all again. He had what, a quote-unquote down year last year, right? But we saw what happened to Baker Mayfield. It's very common. How does he get a pass for that in, in the NFL while in college, um, Wanya Morris did not? I think Wanya Morris has a better chance of playing left tackle based on his pedigree, based on his athleticism, than I do of Juwan Taylor. Now, I know Juwan Taylor's athletic freak. I know that's what his calling card is. But I'm going with what I've heard from my sources, especially with Tim Grunard. Man, if they don't see it, they were pros. I'm not a pro. I'm going to go with their, uh, their viewpoint over mine. The further you get into your pro career, having exclusively played one a tackle on one side or the other, the more difficult it is to relearn the opposite footwork and kind of adapt to that position. So I just think Juwan Taylor, the more that I think about it, it's not optimal to move him at this point in, in his career when he's 25 or 26 and never done it before. Wanye, I, I, I like that. Uh, I'm going to go someone else. Donovan Smith is a one-year rental. That's fine. If he, if he plays just average on the left side uh, and the rest of the, the line brings it and plays stellar, Mahomes is the best in the league at avoiding sacks. His, his, uh, his pressure to sack percentage is 9.8%. No other quarterback was under 10. And when you consider that his tackles allowed the most pressures in the NFL last year, he's very, very good at not getting sacked. So I think they're going to continue to figure this out as they go. They draft so late that it is a tough problem to solve when you're drafting 31, you know, 28 or 29 through 32 every year. And also left tackles that are in their prime do not hit free agency. It just really doesn't happen. It, it, I, I know that happened uh, with Trent Williams I think that was kind of – there were a lot of things working there. I, I get you're saying elite, but the Chiefs had a really good one in Orlando Brown Jr. And I'm going to get bleeped on by this. People love hating on me for my apparently uh, normal appreciation of a good player. I don't think he was a leader or great, but I think Orlando Brown Jr. was fine. I mean, he was a good left tackle. There's a reason why he was the most sought-after left tackle in the open market. There's a reason. You're saying you're not gonna say everyone's wrong. He didn't fit the system or the scheme as well as you're hoping Jawan Taylor does, but you at least knew what you were getting with Orlando Brown Jr. They found ways to scheme around his inefficiencies, and it worked. They won a Super Bowl with it. Now you gotta see whatever Jawan Taylor or Donovan Smith. You're hoping Jawan, you're hoping Donovan Smith bounces back for what he was a couple years ago. And again, there's reasons to believe he will. But I mean, there's a lot more question marks now, especially in 2024, than there would have been if you would have given Orlando Brown Jr. 16 mil per year. It also begs the question: Would you have, or would he be accepted at 16 million per year to stay here in KC? Um, I mean, his teammates loved him here. Let, let's be real now. Yeah, eh, but. I will say the contract he got offered last year and the contract he got this year, there was a steep drop-off. I don't have the numbers in front of me, sure. but he made a massive error not signing that piece of paper when he had the chance. As far as Donovan Smith is concerned, I think he's going to benefit from playing next to Joe Tooney. But speaking of Joe Tooney, the further we get down into the, uh, into the future, if we no longer have Joe Tooney on the left side as our anchor, this position becomes significantly more important to figure out. Yeah. Quickly. And again, I'm not saying Orlando Bradley is worth whatever he wanted, but he was worth 16 mil. I think the league <laughs> saw him as a right tackle. That's why it took a while for him to find a home. Hey, time's up. He's worth 16 mil. That's all I'm saying. Uh, angry drunken German says, do I need to be watching this or can I go change out of my work clothes and just turn up the volume? Well, if you want to see my smattering of a mustache, you will leave this on. It's not a full, it's not a full stash. It's not a full stash right now. It's a baby stash. It's coming in. It, it, you have cycles, man. I never know what we're going to get with you. Mm, I know. Sometimes I don't even know. I was shaving today. I just had kind of a little bit of a stubble, but this grows quicker. So I said, you know what? Screw it. We're going to leave this bad boy. I feel you. I'm pretty seasonal. Like I, I can't do a beard in the summer, but uh, question six over the rest of Patrick Mahomes' career, which AFC West rival will serve as Casey's strongest competition? The Broncos, the Chargers, or the Raiders? 
So we're not just talking about the next three years. We're probably think, talking I, next 10 plus. Yeah. Uh, hopefully 10. Let's just say 10. We'll, yeah. we'll say a decade. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with the Broncos. The reason being is they have the money. I know there's a salary cap, but they can convert a lot of that to bonuses because they are so rich. They're very, very cash rich. The Raiders, I just don't, I don't see it. The Raiders, no. Once they get out of the Russell Wilson contract with the Broncos, uh, I I think they're in a pretty darn good position. I would say Chargers, but man, can they keep Justin Herbert? They're going to try to, but they're going to have to really rebuild once Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. I mean, I'm going from an organizational standpoint and from an organizational standpoint, I think starting in about four or five years, you're going to see the um, Broncos really have an upturn just because they have the money. I, I know they're talking about in the chat right here, the Chargers because of Justin Herbert, but the Broncos will be able to pay another quarterback. And that's what I think it comes down to. They'll just pay for whoever they want. Yeah. I'm taking the same approach that you are. I often like to bet on, uh, organizations when we're talking long-term and way into the future. And I just don't have any confidence in Dean Spanos and that front office. I have, I do have confidence in Sean Payton, that new ownership, they showed right off the bat that they're not afraid to throw money at problems and spend big. And I think with Sean Payton there, they're going to have not only a direction, but an identity. They know who they are. I don't think the Raiders have any fucking clue who they are, right? And they have a head coach who people don't like. And they have an owner who is, you know, the model of of a nepotism case. Like he, he has no business running an NFL franchise. So I think they're out. And then I think the Chargers, like my worry with them is the same with the Bengals. Are they going to be able to spend and put a competitive team around Justin Herbert. And I think if you look at the young the young franchise star quarterbacks under the age of, say, what, 28? Justin Herbert is probably the most likely to leave because Mike Williams and, and Keenan Allen are getting long in the tooth. We don't know if Quentin Johnson, uh, Johnston will work out. Maybe he will. The, the rookie wide receiver from TCU they selected in the first round. But I, I just think... You know, you look what happened in the playoffs last year. That was a catastrophe. I mean, they blew, they had one of the biggest collapses we've ever seen. Probably the biggest one since the Chiefs came back on on the Texans from 24 to nothing and and put up 51 points on them. Uh, So, so yeah, I think we could see Justin Herbert in another uniform. I mean, I personally, I love that because he has, just from a physical talent standpoint, I would put him in the top five. Yeah, he, he's too. not on the same level as Allen and and uh, Mahomes, of course. And you know he doesn't have the speed of an Anthony Richardson or or a Lamar, but he he's on kind of that alien tier of athletic quarterback. So I want him out of here. And maybe another team will actually let him throw the ball down the field. Like that's what it keeps coming down to. How much does he want to stay with the Chargers organization if they're going to keep acting like he's um, Matt Schaub? Like, it makes no sense to me. He's not a check down king. Let him throw the ball. The only time he does is against the Chiefs or typically other good teams when they need him to. And what's he do when they need him to? He completes it. So maybe getting a new OC will help him out. And maybe this will be the the, the change he needs. But at some point, if he's going to be asked to only do this, he might want out either way saying, I can have more success elsewhere. That also remains to be seen. I, I, I think the Broncos have the best organization as, as well, just from the top down. Uh, obviously, not the Chiefs, but they've stayed in Denver. They have a loyal fan base. They care. Vegas doesn't have the same fan base they had in Oakland. Um, no one cares about football in L.A. I mean, hell, there's a chance the, the Chargers could move by then. Like, I wouldn't even be that shocked. Like, if you said, yeah, the Chargers were going to uh, back to San Diego. Like, I wouldn't be that Man. shocked. I mean, seriously, though, I wouldn't be. So um, I'll go Broncos. And they still won't have won a game against the Chiefs. I think one of the things with Herbert that we're going to have to see this year with Kellen Moore as the new offense coordinator and Quentin Johnston brings a little bit more speed to the table. How much of the dink and dunk was Joe Lombardi? And how much of it is just who he is? Does he have a little bit of an inner Alex Smith there? Moving on.
The timer has spoken. So question seven. We're on seven, right? Yeah. The 2027, the 2027 season has just finished. Both Felix and Adike Uzama and George Karloftis have played at least five years for the Chiefs, assuming their fifth-year option was picked up. Who became the better pass rusher? Karloftis. I, w- I was in on him before the Chiefs drafted him. I'm in on him now. Uh, I never understood the people that said he didn't have a high ceiling because he kind of is who he is. I get his style doesn't bode well for this massive ceiling. I understand, but he was so young. He was so young. Um, I'm all in on George Karloftis. I like FAU too. I think both are going to be very valuable guys. I don't think e- either of them turn into a, a, a Bosa brother or, 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 a, or a Watt brother by any means, but I think they're both very uh, valuable pieces. And by the way, the Chiefs have two of the best deals in football, having frankly two starting edge rushers on rookie contracts. That's where you spend 20 plus mil per year on a guy. The Chiefs have two rookie contracts at those spots and rookie contracts at, you know, pick 20 and pick 30, 31, right? That's huge. Uh, This is one of the best bargains in football, but I'm going with Carl Loftus. I'm all in on him. Yeah, and it'll be interesting if those guys' careers uh, go on long enough in Kansas City that they no longer play alongside Chris Jones. We've seen... Uh, when guys leave Los Angeles playing alongside Aaron Donald, they look like a shell of themselves because that's kind of the, you know, he has gravity, right? Aaron Donald takes so much of the attention off his fellow pass rushers. Uh, So I think they're in a good situation playing alongside Chris, who I hope is going to be here. We will get to that more later. Uh, I'm going to go differently than you. I'm going to go FAU because I just think he has more tools in his toolbox. He's a little bit more bendy, uh, I, I think he has a better arsenal of pass rush moves already than, than George probably has even after his rookie season. Uh, and people have been, I mean, people really have been sleeping on both these guys their entire lives. And they have, again, not to go too Rudy, but inspirational stories. I think both of them, uh, you know, would tell you to keep underestimating them and they're going to keep exceeding expectations. And I, I like having, you know, we're the franchise that had Tomba Ali. So we love that kind of edge, that kind of overachiever with, with a crazy motor. And both of these guys have that. It's a really tough choice, but I, I'm going FAU again, because I just think he can win more ways. Um, by the way, Carl Lodges was drafted at 30th overall. I don't know why I said 20th. Uh, I know McDuffie was 18. Carl Lodges was 30th. Uh, so 30 and 31, again, great rookie contracts. Uh, all things considered. I will say this again, I'm with you. I think FAU is more athletic overall, uh, you know, more bendy, if you will. But if you want to look at the next gen, the next gen stats score breakdown, as far as them coming from the NFL combine into the NFL, uh, Karloffin was actually ranked one point higher, 78 athleticism score, FAU 77. I I think Karloftis is. Is that because FAU did less testing? Um, I actually can't find any testing for, for FAU and I find more for Carl Loftus. Yes. Um, yeah, he skipped, he, you know, I think he skipped a lot of it. Carl Loftus had a 38 inch vertical. Carl Loftus had a 38 inch vertical at 6'4", 266. My point is it's not to run down FAU. That's not what I'm trying to do right now. But what I'm saying is I think Carl Loftus is more athletic than people think he's more athletic than people give him credit for uh, credit for. That's all I'm trying to say. People keep acting again like he was a finished product. I'm like, no, he is not. Just because he's this big white dude doesn't mean he's not athletic. Like this guy has a 38 inch vertical at six, what, six five? I mean, six four, two sixty six. It's incredible. Um, again, Carl I love Lopez that Flapjack City says he has a 13 inch vertical. He has a flapjack vertical. You know, uh, what do they used to say? Uh, your vertical is a stack of pancakes, right? A stack of pancakes. There you go. Um, he, he also, I mean, they're young guys. They're, they're young guys who, especially Carl Loftus, the thing you have to remember is he hasn't played football for that long coming over from Greece. So I agree with you. When people say he's a finished product, I think that's, that's a little presumptuous and, and I, I don't agree. 
Uh, but I just feel like FAU has more ways to win, and that's why I'm going with him. Mm-hmm. But again, the fact that this is such a close argument shows that we're going to have solid bookend edges for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Again, they are in a good spot. The Chiefs are in a great spot. Great deals, great contracts, great value. And we didn't even mention Charles and Minihue, who I'm very excited about. Hey, hey, pal, the countdown Otron boob says it's over. I was talking about Charles and Minihue, not one of the players in that question. So I think we'll let it stand. Question number eight. This is a fun one. Travis Kelsey has posted seven 1,000-yard seasons in a row. How many more 1,000-yard seasons does his body have left? Did I say fun one? It's kind of a scary one, actually. Mm. Uh, I will go with three. I'll go three more straight. How old is he now? Let me look at his age. I think he's 33. 33. I'll go three more. I mean, last year was basically his peak, honestly. Like, you look at it. There was no downturn in production last year. You can make the case that last year was basically his peak. So if you count, he has next year as well. And then you have a slight, slight downturn from 1,300 yards to 1,200, then 1,100, then 1,000. I'll say three more years. He will be 34 in October. I don't like it, but I'm going to be a little bit more conservative. Father time is undefeated. I think he's going to two more years at a thousand, but I think he'll still be a productive player three years down the road. You know, maybe an 800 yard guy uh, and then a 600 and, and just kind of eventually taper off. What I think Travis has that will age well is he just has that innate feel for the game. That isn't, you know, his success isn't just pure athleticism. I would say it's at least half his intelligence, how intuitive he is, just his feel for the game. And uh, especially when he's playing with, with Patrick, because they have that, that kind of mind meld that is so rare that only the greatest of connections have. So, I, I mean, tight end is a position that does usually age gracefully. Mm-hmm. We don't always see it. I mean, we don't often see a cliff with that, with the greats of that position. Think about how long Tony Gonzalez played and, and Shannon Sharp and, and Gates and, and the list goes on. I'm going to get to Tony G in one second. And he's not tasked to do what George Kittle and um, Gronkowski were tasked to do. That's why their bodies either broke down or continuously break down. The Chiefs have done a nice job. Well, yeah, he gets a ton of receptions, but they, they take care of him, right? They don't use him in these obvious run situations at the goal line. They're like, all right, if we do, you're going out for, for, for a catch. You're not, you're not going up and trying to block against a 285-pound dude, which is smart. Not saying he can't do it, but it's smart. It's saving his body for what he does best. You bring up uh, Tony G. Tony G's last 1,000-yard season was actually his last year in Kansas City when he was 32. Then he had 867, 656, 875, 930, and then finished his final year uh, at age 37 with 859. Um, Wow. I I will say this, though. The extra 17th game is going to help Travis Kelsey. I mean, the the 70th game is going to make it a little easier for the 1,000 yards. And again, I don't see him only having one more year of 1,000 yards when last year he had 1338. I don't see that big of a decline. That's why I think I, I, I'm even being, you know, 1,200 this upcoming year, 1,100 the year after that, and then 1,000 the year after that. That's three, and that's with a 100-yard decline per season. Yeah, I might have just gone prices right and, and went one under you um, with my you strategy. You said, did you say one? No, I said two. I said okay. two. Okay. And I'm kind of regretting it now after hearing what Tony G did because he played with good players. I mean, he played with – with Roddy White and then Julio Jones. Uh, now, what I would like to see from the Chiefs coaching staff is is a little NBA, you know, maintenance rest. Uh, don't play him as many snaps. Maybe save him for the playoffs a little bit. Just just be smart with Travis's body. You know, he's not I, because I don't know that Travis. Now, maybe 
he can take himself off the field, but when he's on the field, he's, he's not going to take it easy. Right. So I think that may be one way to, to extend his career, to give him more longevity. Uh, but the good thing about Kelsey is I think the way he's wired helps him here because he's chasing ghosts. He wants to be, he wants to be known when he retires as the greatest to ever do it. I think he's looking at a huge entertainment career after this. So mm, let's hope for three. Let's hope for three or four. I mean, that would be fantastic. Angry, drunken German. He can do that Axl Rose shoulder shimmy for four years or four more years. That upper body juke buys him separation. I'm with you. He can do the the Axl Rose. And maybe he should sing while he plays. Could be great. November rain when they play November. Could work. Hey, as as long as he has the uh, the slash guitar solo in front of the chapel, you know it doesn't matter matter how bad his singing is if he's got Slash backing him up. Question number nine. Oh man, will Chris Jones retire as a Chief? Yes, yes. And if, if you disagree, I will fight you. I will throw hands. I, I have a I have a certain lack of skills. So I probably won't find you and I probably won't fight you because I'll get my ass kicked. But I think Chris Jones. You're the reverse retired. Liam Neeson, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think Chris Jones retires the Kansas City Chief. I think they find a way to get it done. Um, I know he's a little bit more about his money than Patrick Mahomes is, at least from what we've heard in the media, right? We know he wants to be the second highest paid interior defense alignment, which by all accounts is very, very fair. He's also 28 right now, going to be 29 when the season starts. You're probably looking at a four-year contract, so you're paying a guy like that at age 33. There's not a lot of precedent for dudes at that age playing interior defense alignment, all of a sudden just still dominating. But I think he retires here in Kansas City. The Chiefs, I think, will take care of him. And I think Mahomes, what he said today, if that holds true, he might take a little bit of a pay cut to make sure Chris Jones and Legereus Sneed stick around for a long time here in Chiefs Kingdom. I don't think we can compare other players to Mahomes. Maybe Kelsey, but Mahomes is a household name. Somehow he's going to be making money off his brand, off his likeness 30 years from now. That opportunity is not available for Chris Jones. It is not available for 99.9% of the league. So we have to keep that in mind. Also, the bad guys in this conversation, I don't think they're bad guys, but to the Chiefs are the NFLPA. If guys start taking less that are stars and, and teams kind of anchor to that framework, everybody else in the league gets paid less too. You don't think that the Ravens were using Patrick Mahomes as a measuring stick to, to bring down Lamar Jackson's price or the Eagles were doing that with Jalen Hurts or, you know, the best quarterback in the game, the, the defending MVP makes this amount. So, so that's something to remember. Uh, I think Chris Jones, the biggest thing is that he wants to retire as a chief. And we have seen some defensive tackles age fairly well. Now, Fletcher, Fletcher Cox, what is he, 32, 33? He's not what he used to be, but he was still a very, uh, very good player, very important player for the NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles. So I think there is some hope. Uh, I think especially stars on the defensive line age pretty well. I mean, Von Miller just got a huge contract at, at 33. Now, now he got hurt. But he looked fantastic, and, and Chris Jones does. Not, I don't Chris know about Von Miller. Dude got dude got injured right away. Yeah, I don't know yeah, but he, he, he looked fantastic, <laughs> and he had previous injuries. But I also think Chris Jones is he's he's not built like your typical defensive tackle. I mean, there's a reason. Adam Best is saying he's built different. He is built different. There's a reason you see him. Uh, with handles on the basketball court. There's a reason they experimented with a, with a semi full-time move, the defensive end. It's because he is, he's just different. I mean, he has, um, he's just very incredibly athletic for that position. You just don't see guys like him. Uh, I see Kip Carnes in the chat says, I don't see it with what the chiefs didn't pay for that long Neil Smith, or they don't pay for that long Neil Smith. Um, Yeah, I get what you're saying. If, and again, I, 
I've been a prisoner of this as well. I've been saying that the Chiefs don't pay cornerbacks. There's probably a more higher likelihood than not that Legarius is gone. The Chiefs don't pay sinners. What does that mean for Creed Humphrey? So I guess that would be a little um, hypocritical of me if I say, yeah, well, this is different because I want it to fit my narrative. So I get what you're saying. Um, but that was, you know, 30 years ago compared to 10. You know, new regime. New GM, obviously. It's Carl um, Peterson and and, and know, Marty. I think they find a way with with Chris Jones. I I I, I truthfully think this next coming contract is going to be a massive one, if not a um, record setting contract. It's going to be potentially close, but after that's where it's going to get dicey. You know, is he going to take a couple of those team friendly deals when he's 34, 35, 36? Jared Allen's another one he brought up as well. Um, again, we're still probably talking. That's man, that's probably 10, 12 years, 15 years ago now. Man, time's a bitch. With him, though, I would compare him more to edges uh, than, than defensive tackles because if you look at his pressure rate, he's right there with Nick Bosa and uh, Micah Parsons, despite getting doubled more than anybody in the league, twice as much as them. I feel like we could do another 15 minutes on this, but we don't have it. Boob has spoken. So we're at question 10, the end of the road. How many more rings does Mahomes need to win for the rest of his career to be considered a success? Zero. He, he doesn't need to a win success anymore. to Chiefs fans, like, you know, yeah, gratifying, zero. meeting expectations. Oh, meeting expectations, I, I'd say two more. But, but I think in the grand scheme of things, zero. I mean – if he keeps putting up numbers, he's, he's won two Super Bowls, been two, three, won a couple of MVPs already. Um, I don't think he has to to win another one to to be considered a success. Now, if you want to say com- compared to like Tom Brady, then yeah, he's gonna have to win four more. You know, he's gonna have to put up a lot more Super Bowl dubs, a lot more rings on those hands. But as far as just a general success, man, picture ten years ago, picture five years. No. Okay. Seven years ago. Like if you would have said you'd get a quarterback for 20 years and he wins two Super Bowls, would you take it? You get a quarterback for 15 years. He wins two Super Bowls. Would you take it? You 100% say yes. How many did Peyton win? How many has Aaron Rodgers won? How many did Drew Brees win? Tom Brady has been the outlier throughout history. How many did Dan Marino win? Like the list goes on and on, man. I, I don't think he has to win another Super Bowl for this to be considered a successful career for Mahomes. I don't think so. You probably haven't seen the movie yet, but Air, the uh, the Michael Jordan story? No. Matt Damon's character gives a speech at the end about immortality and, and Michael Jordan, and, and there's all this stuff about him just being different and being a killer. And I couldn't help but think about Patrick Mahomes when he was giving that monologue. I just think he is different. He is different than anybody we've ever seen. Uh, What's so special about him is he does the freakiest stuff we've ever seen on the football field. All the crazy, out of structure, creative nonsense that he pulls out of his ass and makes it look beautiful. Nobody else can do that. But also, he does all the quarterbacking things. He's incredibly smart. He doesn't make mistakes. He's almost impossible to sack. Doesn't, doesn't have a lot of turnover where he plays. Uh, and he's just almost impossible to stop. And I, I think the way he was brought, brought up, the way he approached the game as soon as he got into Kansas City, he just the, the word is different. So I, I think two is the minimum where I wouldn't be disappointed, given that he's won two in his first five years as a starter. I think it is realistic to presume that he can play to about 39 at least i'm not saying successful you're talking legendary i see that what jerome says i think that's a good point agree sterling patrick is successful he's working on legendary yeah and that's yeah. what it is he's already been successful if you're going to talk legendary then yeah if you want to talk in the pantheon of of tom brady then yeah but i'm talking just from a successful standpoint do you think the packers would give up aaron Rodgers? that knowing they only won one super bowl to aaron Rodgers, do you think they would say no I don't think they'd say no, but I know for a fact because I married into a Packers family that they are disappointed with the way it turned out, that they expected more, that when he won his first uh, uh, championship in 2011, they thought we're going to win at least two more. 
mm-hmm. you know, and they didn't, he didn't win any, but I, it's like, it's I, know, I know, I know it is, but like Rogers, uh, you know, Rogers basically won an MVP at what? 38. So I think we can expect 38, 39. I think we can expect at least another 12 years of Mahomes, and hopefully he's in his prime for, for 10 of those. And so far he's basically won a ring every other year. Mm. And, and the years he doesn't win one, he comes, you know, damn close. So yeah. we've already seen it established that he will be there at the end, at least the end of the AFC championship every single year. Yeah. I don't see if that the, changing anytime soon. If the over under is two and a half, I'm taking the over. Like for Super Bowl one in his career, I, I think the over under is set at two and a half. I'm taking the over. Me too. Three and a half, I think it starts getting pretty close. Yeah. Um, Man, this is a this is a crazy situation. Other fan bases would cut off limbs to be in our situation, right? I will say though, I will say I, I do think that the same conversation was had with Rogers early on after that first win. How many more are they going to get? Sometimes I just like to say, pump the brakes, let's let it play out. I don't want to take what's going on for granted. Don't right. be, don't, don't just all of a sudden fast forward to the playoffs. I don't want to be a Patriots fans. I, I want to enjoy the moments. That's why I'm saying, you know what? Um, you, you want to savor I, your wine a little bit, stick yeah. your nose in it, you know, smell it. Uh, but Rogers didn't, you know, he didn't have two. He didn't have two mm-hmm. so early in his career. Uh, Russell Wilson didn't. I think it makes him really different. The fact that he got that second one uh, gives me confidence. Uh, we got a super chat from Bumpa BB. Thank you so much for the super chat. Appreciate you. Uh, question is thoughts on our safety core. Uh, Mike Edwards is a third safety. Justin Reed is good. Is Brian Cook ready to be a starting safety? Um, Time I, will tell, I think. I, I would assume it's going to be Mike Edwards and Justin Reed to start the season. That'd be my best guess. Uh, Brian Cook is a rotational piece. And, and He's and a also, dime guy, right? You're yeah. Thinking. It, yeah, and even if you wanted to um, – yeah, dime for sure. And even if you wanted to put in um, uh, Jamari Connor, I mean, the safety group is deep. And, and that's been the the talk of all offseason is how deep this entire defense is at all facets. I mean, there's a lot of good linebackers, a lot of good guys in the defensive line, a lot of good players in the in the uh, secondary. Um, I, I'm very happy with the safety room right now. Yeah, me too. It just you look at the Tyreek Hill trade – and the draft picks it created, the salary cap space it, tra- it created, and it really allowed us to reload defensively uh, in a way we were we were in dire need of kind of reloading that defense. It was getting old. It was getting slow. So, you know, exit Daniel Sorensen, exit the Honey Badger, who looked like he had no interest in tackling anymore. I, I, I love Tyron. He, he's one of my favorite personalities ever. I will be forever indebted to him for changing the culture of that defense and delivering a championship. But, you know, he was making business decisions and he did not look good that last year. So I think, you know, Justin Reed is entering his prime. Uh, we've got an athletic young set of, of safeties. I think they'll do just fine. Yeah. Uh, before we get out of here, we touched on it a little bit earlier on the show, but I'll, I'll hit it right now for Benjamin. He says, who's going to be the starting tackles week one, left and right? I, I will say week one, we're going to see Donovan Smith this year as a starting left tackle, and we will see Juwan Taylor as a starting right tackle. Um, best guess, unless someone just shows up and shows out, whether it's Wanye Morris at left tackle, but besides that, I'd be shocked. I think Juwan Taylor at this point is going to be entrenched as your right tackle. Wanye Morris is going to have to come in like a Trey Smith or Isaiah Pacheco and just, you know, blow the coach's socks off to take a grown man's job. You know what I mean? I'm not saying it's impossible, especially if Donovan Smith is shot. I just don't expect it. I'm with you. I think it's going to be Jawan Taylor on the right and Donovan Smith on the left. Can, can we also say what a lame saying blows someone's socks off? I say that all the time too. And it's like, when you think of some of these, <laughs> man, uh, you are just pummeling me today. It's no, incredible. No, no, no. I'm not making fun of you. I, Cause I say, I say the same thing too. I yeah. trust me. I'm not making fun of you, but sometimes, you know, when you hear, um, what do you call that? Um, idioms. You know, so, idioms. Thank you. Gosh, idiot. I'm an idiot over here. An uh, idiot, idioms. An idiom idiot. Yeah, but with idioms, you ever wonder like where they come and blow someone's socks off? You're like, ooh, I don't want to yeah. do that. 
I hope those yeah. socks stay on. Someone, Frankly, put shoes on, guy. Yeah. Someone had a foot fetish. I mean, have you ever been yeah. on an airplane? Wasn't it Rex airplane? Ryan? Like yeah. who? Quentin Tarantino. Have you ever been on an airplane and seen someone take their shoes off? It is. Disgusting. Oh, we're throwing hands. No, we're yeah. throwing hands. Yeah, that is an that's so, an absolute no no. But I dog, agree with someone's you. Someone's losing chiclets. If someone does that, they are losing chiclets. There's no chance. I'm letting some some dude. You know, you know those old foot fungus commercials, like you with know, John Madden, the tough acting Tanactin. Like I'm just gonna get a powder of that, throw Boom. it on their foot, throw it in their face. They're losing chiclets. Ain't no chance. Yeah, but I agree that uh, blow their socks off, blow your socks off. It, it needs to be out of the lexicon. That wasn't one of my finest moments. But sometimes you just have to roll with the cliches. Maybe we need a cliche alert on the show or something like that. Least favorite one chip on their shoulder pisses me off more than anything if you're drafted first overall i want to prove why i was drafted first overall i got a chip on my shoulder is it like a, se- a tostito or, or, or what? i said they should make one with andy reed with a legit like a legitimate barbecue chip on his shoulder put that on a t-shirt that'd be pretty i good. like it but I like it. but like it's so silly if you're drafted second overall well i got a chip on my shoulder because i should have been number one overall you're 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 undrafted i should have been drafted i got a chip on my shoulder everyone does it pisses me off Silly. I don't know that everyone does. Some people are kind of just, you know, shrug emojis. But we should, sometime we should have a segment where we just go through all the the trite football expressions and lingo that uh, have come up over the years and kind of just rip them apart. I think that would be fun. Let's do it. Well, I mean, it's a long off season. It is. And did you notice, <laughs> man, we were like, two seconds away from one hour on the dot with our crystal ball segment perfectly timed in and out that's all we've got for you today on wacky wednesday until next week i'm adam here with sterling and richard go chiefs Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.